smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello everyone i am molik madhu from mint's personal finance team in today's episode of why not mint money i'll be speaking to rajiv thakkar cio and director at ppfast mutual fund about his personal finance journey 2 years ago when covid struck Mint reached out to leaders in the financial services industry to understand how the pandemic had impacted their personal finances. Today, life has returned to normal and we are reaching out to leading industry professionals to understand how they manage their money, where they invest and why and much more. Their experiences may offer valuable insights to us. Hi. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money. a person finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey uh so rajiv uh, before we get to the more serious questions um so i'm i'm just uh, you know curious to know how you know you got into equity investing in the first place uh i mean professionally okay so uh, there was a background in uh, equity investing uh, in the family so my father was a equity investor when i was growing up and at that time you would have these physical annual reports printed copies coming by post at home so i had some understanding of uh, the equity markets and equity investing interestingly my graduation year was 1992 uh, that was the period of the harshad mehta bull run and right. the excitement around economic liberalization and all of that so partly one can say spirit of the times uh, meaning if i was probably a decade younger i might have become a computer programmer or something uh, so uh, most people of my age and my graduation year wanted to go to financial markets so okay. uh, i got into uh, uh, ca training after my graduation and then uh, instead of doing tax and audit Uh, move to investment bank and uh, move to equities okay so dinner time conversations at your place must be about you know how the markets have been during the day and what not uh, not so much at that time because okay. although my father was a equity investor his uh, full time vocation was something else so it, it, it was not that he was a professional uh, it, it was not that he was a finance professional or a full time investor oh that's These interesting days, yeah these days the problem is more acute because my <laughs> wife is also in the same field and uh, uh, so the chances of dinner conversations being around financial markets is more likely these days oh okay that that's very nice when you are not spending time on equity markets what, what do you do like in your spare time so i spend a lot of time playing online chess uh, so that's nice. one thing which takes time then another thing uh, would be no surprise watching Netflix, Hotstar, uh, <laughs> Z5, and all the OTT platforms. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I do uh, read uh, fiction once in a while, so novels and stuff. Do you have any favorite authors that you enjoy reading? Uh, trying to pick up a few new ones, but uh, some of the ones are the older ones: Robert Ludlum and David Baldacci, and uh, those kind of uh, authors. Oh, nice, nice. So uh, Rajiv, I mean, uh, getting back more to the serious questions on personal finance. So, just want to broadly understand, you know, what is your uh, asset allocation like, say, between debt, equity, real estate, and say, you know, uh, other uh, assets. So, real estate uh, and gold, 
is primarily for consumption rather than investing per se so roughly 13% odd of net worth is in real estate but that is not so much of an investment that is the uh, residential house that we actually live in uh, same with gold it would be around half percent to 1% of the overall net worth but very little of it is investment in sovereign gold bond or something most of it is jewelry that uh, either gets down passed down generation to generation or something would have been bought uh, at the time of wedding or on festive occasions and things like that so uh, that covers uh, real estate and gold uh, 80 plus percent is in equities so uh, for me equities is a different kind of thing because uh, around one third of uh, my investments are in mutual funds uh, our own uh, funds and okay. two thirds of it is in unlisted shares of my own company so uh, ppfa shares so so, uh, so two thirds of your equity investing is actually unlisted shares of ppfas yes oh, that's quite that's a chunk correct. yes okay so is so you really believe in you know skin in the game so not just uh, professionally but personally too true uh, and again the way we have structured uh, the equity thing not just for myself but uh, various colleagues at ppfs is that these are really long term esops and 9 uh, year 10 year kind of esops so it, it's not a get rich quick kind of uh, incentive structure it's a longer term this is fairly high risk uh, it is concentrated yes uh, so which uh, actually is a boon or a bane depending on how you look at it with most people who have a entrepreneurial approach to uh, life so most of uh, jeff bezos's net worth would be in amazon stock or most of elon musk's net worth would be in tesla stock uh, so yeah th- that's when you uh, are looking at uh, uh, profession or a business and uh, committing to that that typically is the end result of being concentrated in one particular thing the reason why again uh, let's come to someone from the investing field let's look at warren buffett for example right now yeah. uh, most of his net worth is in berkshire hathaway stock so why is that not as risky as it seems uh, firstly the company is not a leveraged company so it's not that uh, the uh, company borrows a lot of money and in a downturn it may have a problem of uh, uh, meeting salaries expenses or uh, going into losses and that typically would not happen and the net worth of ppfas is again invested in a diversified set of companies via the mutual fund so when we own uh, via the mutual fund schemes it's not as risky as it sounds uh, so like when so when uh, you know when we consider your equity exposure since whatever equity exposure you have is through mfs and is essentially all through ppfas so it will be reasonable to assume that all your international equity exposure is also via that so how much does that come to you know of your equity exposure yeah approximately 25% 20 to 25% roughly of equity exposure 
Okay, okay. So then, uh, in terms of like market capitalization, if we talk, you are then largely invested in large cap stocks when we talk about your Indian equity exposure. Yes. So if you look at the Indian markets itself, in terms of the profit pool, uh, if you look at the top 500 companies and figure out how much do top 100 companies account for as a percentage of total profits, it's more than 85%. And the okay. market caps are also according to that. So in terms of my equity portfolio, roughly 85% of that would be in large caps and balance would be split between uh, small and mid caps. So you're like the Indian market itself. That's good. Okay, interesting. And uh, Rajiv, how has your portfolio, I mean, I understand in the case of equity, it doesn't really make sense to look at, say, the last one year performance alone. But broadly speaking, you know, how, how has your portfolio done like in the last one year? Yeah, so uh, day before yesterday, it was plus 13. Yesterday, it was plus 10. Today, it's again <laughs> plus 12, 13. So roughly 10 to 13 percent, uh, which is really the flexi cap performance over last one year. Okay, the, sure. Yeah, the uh, private shares would have done much better because of the growth of the company, but that we don't value it that frequently. Okay, okay. And uh, I mean, like, of course, uh, you know, you, you're really, really not like a debt investor. You have like, say, about 4% in debt, but uh, where, where do you, you know, invest in debt for that little portion? Yeah, so largely, uh, a chunk of it comes via the EPFO, which is there. So every month, I contribute to the Provident Fund and the company contributes to Provident Fund. Most of that is invested in debt. A small portion goes in uh, equity by the EPFO. Okay. Uh, we have some NPS also, so National Pension Scheme. So uh, part of the debt exposure is via that. Uh, liquid funds, uh, bank fixed deposits, and uh, some of conservative hybrid fund that we have. Okay, okay. And this is like your debt portion itself that you kind of consider as like, you know, your emergency money if you would want to liquidate it. Yeah, so for emergency money, liquid funds plus uh, bank fixed deposits are the emergency money, which okay. uh, most times it's equivalent to two years of expenditure. But in case of a big market crash, uh, I bring that down to six months of expenditure and uh, invest uh, some of that tactically in equities. So, and uh, Rajiv, in case of like real estate, you said it's essentially say you know the place where you live. So when you're saying uh, thirteen percent of your portfolio is real estate, you're basically counting the house that you own and you live in. Yes. Okay, but beyond that, you don't really see sense in getting uh, invested in real estate too much. So. The uh, via the conservative hybrid fund, there's a small exposure to REITs, real estate investment trusts, which are income generating and things like that. Direct real estate as an investment suffers from illiquidity, high transaction costs in terms of stamp duty, indivisibility, all those kind of things. So, as an investment, I think uh, for the layperson, REITs are a much better way of taking exposure rather than buying uh, real estate directly. In any yeah. case, residential real estate yields are very, very low uh, yeah. currently. So, it doesn't make too much sense. Got it, got it. 
and uh, rajiv like if you talk in terms of you know broadly your entire portfolio um are there any strategies that have kind of worked for you in the last one year or something that just didn't work for you and you know you wish you had done things differently yeah so one year of course for equities is a very short time frame to uh, draw any judgments but slightly longer term uh, starting early in equities has helped me uh, i just wish that the allocation was more equity heavy in my younger days at that time i would uh, have a mix of debt and equity uh, which i think was overly conservative for someone in uh, mid 20s or early 30s uh, but otherwise things have worked more or less fine for me okay so in your case you know your risk appetite has gone up with you know with experience and time that that's a very interesting question and uh, again i i think it's important to clarify uh, things here so for someone who's close to 50 uh, this uh, allocation may seem very equity heavy uh, yeah but uh, if you are at a stage in your financial journey where uh, by taking small withdrawals also uh, or by passive income in terms of dividends or things like that if you have a visibility of meeting your expenses then you don't really need that much of a big debt allocation so for example uh, if someone is able to meet living expenses out of dividends or uh, by uh, 2 to 3% withdrawals from the uh, equity investments then via swps or something then one can afford to be somewhat equity heavy right. if one really requires 6 7 8% kind of withdrawal rates then one needs more debt probably in the sure. portfolio yeah yeah so uh, rajiv i mean you also briefly mentioned that your uh, wife is also from a similar you know financial services background so in that case you know this question becomes even more relevant so how involved is your wife or your kids you know in uh, you know the overall family you know planning for them and the financial decisions they are aware of what is happening so yeah. they clearly know where the investments are and uh nominations are in place and things like that but the decisions are like largely left to me so uh they don't uh, worry too much about uh, where the investment is happening and stuff like that. and uh, so just uh, coming to the last question rajiv so do you think you know you are a different parent do you have money conversations you know with your uh, children and uh, you know how how do you teach them you know about money and investing uh, yes we have money conversations with our daughter uh, who's now turned 18 uh, she's also come with me to the berkshire hathaway meeting and she uh, has attended our uh, ppfs unit holders meeting sometimes uh, she anyway catches up to the online recording or the live streaming uh, she's uh, unlikely to follow finance as a profession she's in the science stream and planning to pursue engineering but she's aware of uh, how money works and the money conversations definitely happen with her okay that that that's very nice and uh, rajiv sir it was really nice uh, chatting with you as always so you know thanks thanks so much for your time thanks thanks modi Listeners, that's it for now. 
Thanks for tuning in. If you have any personal finance questions, you can email them to us at mintmoney at livemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Malik underscore Madhu. That is M-A-U-L-I-K underscore M-A-D-H-U. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.